You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Shannon McGinnis is the founder of Organize for Success and one of the nation's first professional organizers. Her first book is The 10-Minute Tidy. Thank you for joining me, Shannon. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Shannon, tell us a little bit about your background. What, what brought you to become an organizer? Well, actually, it was uh, childhood necessity for sanity. I think uh, my mom was a collector of many things, and if there was ever a woman who could use a full-time professional organizer, it's my mom. Um, And so we grew up in a household that my mom has lots of beautiful collections of things, birds, books, elephants, bells, and guess who had to dust? That was me. So I just really felt like I needed to have less. as you know when I was an adult and also the other part about it was that we moved a lot and so I really wanted to know where all my stuff was you know basic things when you're a kid but yeah it's really my nature to be organized I have to say how do you how did you become a professional organizer that's a that's a whole different matter isn't it Yeah, uh, becoming a professional organizer is really making a conscious decision that you're willing to help other people all the time. I mean, it's really one thing if you do it for family and friends, but when you are doing it for people that you don't know, as well as, you know, making a living at it, it's a a whole other ballgame because, first of all, then you have to have your own business. Um, There's a huge code of ethics and, and standards that need to go along with how you deal with certain people under a variety of of different circumstances. I mean, it can be very emotional for some people. It can be very shameful um, having someone come in. They feel like they can do it on their own, and they're not able to. So it is really a very conscious decision to share this gift with as many people as possible. And I did take it to the next step with becoming certified uh, last year. How do you become certified as an organizer? You actually have to qualify with a very specific set of qualifications as far as a, I think the minimum amount of hands-on organizing experience that you need is 1,500 hours, so something similar to a therapist, as well as you have to pass a very comprehensive exam so that you're not only skilled in residential organizing or corporate organizing or office organizing, but actually all of them, time management, project management, and all of the organizers who were taking the exam to become certified had to display knowledge and competency in all of those areas, similar to um, an MCAT or LSAT exam. Is there is there an, an organization that gives these tests? Do they give classes in this in, in college or junior uh, college? No. Oh, I really? <laughs> that is the professional organizing industry of the future, that they will be teaching people how to become more organized in schools. It is entering school systems, but no, um, there are training programs to become a professional organizer, but to prepare for the exam, they give you a list of books that you can read by other organizers, and from there, you know, you basically need to brush up on the areas that you might not be as um, competent at, and and then, you know, it's really also just a question of how well you take tests, how well you do under pressure, and how well you really know your stuff. It was a tough exam. How well organized you are. 
<laughs> yes, how well organized you are, it's true. As I looked at your book, which has 108 ways to tidy your home quickly, uh, I pulled out some themes. I, I, I love, there's lots of great suggestions in here. And one of the things that's really nice about this book is the way, of course, not surprisingly, it's organized. It's mm -hmm. easy, you can grab any one of these little tips and they're all very helpful and they're things you can do in 10 minutes without having to kill yourself. It doesn't, it's not a lifetime commitment, which is one of the interesting approaches you take. Yeah, that's exactly how I set the book up, that you can either open to any page in the book and read a page or two. You can look at the table of contents. It also has a very comprehensive index so that you can look at the index if you're wanting to organize kids, finances, you know, closets, you pick the topic and there's a whole list of ways that you can go and organize those areas in 10 minutes at a time. And part of what I did in creating this book is that I wanted it to be something that people who are very busy all of the time and have a huge number of commitments and they obviously aren't organizing regularly anyway, that's why they're interested in buying a book like this, that th there are things that they can do every day a little bit at a time. There are things they can do in 10 minutes, and that's what this book is all about. I think that's one of the interesting themes of this book is that organization is best approached as a kind of daily maintenance as opposed to a once-a-year whirlwind of insanity. Yes, thank you for seeing that truth in this book. Organizing is a habit that needs to be developed. It is um, something like doing the dishes, paying the bills, or washing the laundry. You're always, it's an ongoing process. You're always going to have your last glass of water or the clothes that you're wearing or the incoming mail. Just like all of those things that we've learned to do in daily life, you know, weekly maintenance, organizing is like that in the sense that we need to have some kind of regular habit of tidying things up, not just the spring cleaning where it takes an entire week to clear out the garage. It's, yeah, it's, it, that is not the premise of how I help people. As a professional organizer, my intention is to actually teach people how to make decisions so that that level of clutter does not build up. That's one of the interesting things about this book is this idea of making a decision. Could you go into that a little bit? Sure. Um, and, you know, what is clutter? And let me back up and say, right, what is clutter? What is clutter? Tell me what so is clutter. My definition of clutter is actually something that you have not made a decision about. You know, I'm not some, I'm actually not a very zen person in the sense that I, you know, I have lots of things and I do have, you know, beautiful things that I love, tchotchkes and all those kinds of things, but I've made a decision that I want to keep that. And I also make a decision then, where do I want to keep that? And so there is intention around having something and where to keep it. And what happens with clutter is that you have all of these things, but you don't know what to do with them. So you have seven pairs of scissors, but where are they when you need them? Or so many examples of that, you know, clothes, you know, you can't, there are some closets where you can't even get to all the clothes because it's so jam-packed in there and you just forget that you have something, you know, and the tag is still on it. So that can be a sense of clutter too when you just can't get to the things that you want to use. And so I just create a very simplistic definition of clutter, something you haven't made a decision about. And when I work with my clients, I'm actually working with them to make the decision. So I'm going to ask them a series of questions. Do you love it? Do you need it? Do you use it? 
you know, how does it make you feel? Um, you know, a gift that someone gave you that doesn't really have fond memories for you anymore, there's no reason to keep that. And I strongly discourage people from keeping those kinds of gifts. Let's talk about getting started. You have this idea, and I think there's an interesting idea called the landing pad. What the heck mm. is a landing pad? <laughs> I love the landing pad. So the landing pad is the place where you put down all of your stuff when you walk in the house. And for some people, it is the kitchen counter. And for some people, it has to be their office, you know, in the back of the house. Even for kids, kids need a landing pad because otherwise the coats, backpacks, and shoes just get kicked off and thrown everywhere. So the idea of a landing pad is that each person in the household has a place where they can put their things when they come into the house. And that the landing pad then needs to also be cleared off regularly because if you don't have that flat horizontal surface to empty your hands then there's no way that you're going to use it on a regular basis but the premise of the landing pad is that that's where your keys go your purse your wallet your cell phone your sunglasses like the things that you need to grab and go out the door or the things that you have with you when you come in the door that's the landing pad and it saves you all that stress of the frantic frenzy getting out the door and you can't find your keys or your glasses or your wallet. Boy, I think you've just saved many marriages right now <laughs> with, that, with the landing pad. I, that's, that's great. Now, why should we synchronize all the clocks in the house? Uh, well, this is one from personal experience, actually. So synchronizing all the clocks in the house just will really help you save a lot of stress when you take a shower in the bathroom, then you go into the other room to get dressed, and you go into the kitchen to make your breakfast or whatever, and all the clocks are different. And you actually realize that now you're late because you just looked at your cell phone and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I thought it was five minutes. I still had five minutes. So if you synchronize all of the clocks in your house and your car to your cell phone, which is connected to the uh, cyberspace atomic clock, I think they call it. NIST. It's called NIST? Na National Institute of Standards. Okay. The standards come through the cell phone. <laughs> Set all of your clocks to that because really it will save so much stress when you're actually on time and, and all of the times are the same. I, I think one of the big themes of this book is getting rid of stuff and you suggest a variety of ways to do so. Yeah, I'm actually not a big uh, proponent of throwing things away. I think that people think when they're clearing clutter that they have to throw everything away. And uh, that's actually the opposite of what I believe. I do think that they, if they've decided that they no longer want it, they definitely need to get rid of it, but it doesn't mean it needs to go in the trash. There's actually a huge number of places that will accept a wide variety of objects. So for example, any kind of household objects that are still usable, clothing, toys, things like that can be donated to homeless shelters or women's shelters, churches, um, a lot of schools will accept electronics that are still in good working order. And I really believe in recycling those things. That doesn't mean putting them in the recycling bin. It means actually giving them to someone else to reuse. There is the component of recycling as much as possible. And I'm a big proponent of that. And actually, there is a wide variety of things that can be recycled, including electronics. And one of the things that people don't realize in their offices and homes there's a new industry out there called e-waste, which is electronic waste. And those are for all the fax machines, cell phones, 
TVs, VCRs, computers, monitors, anything that doesn't work or anything that you no longer work can actually be recycled. But they have to be taken to the proper facilities for e-waste recycling. So I highly encourage clients who are ready to get rid of clutter that they actually do get rid of those things or the gifts that they want to re-gift and take them to the right place or offer them to others. One of the things I was really surprised to see in here was um, cleaning up your computer. Oh, yes. I actually have helped um, a number of clients help uh, clear their <laughs> electronic clutter because there is electronic clutter. I mean, email. Email should almost just be called electronic clutter. Um, there's some really great things about email, but there is also just a huge amount of cluttering and spamming of email. And so I really encourage people to um, clear up their email as much as possible, but I also help them clear up their electronic files as well as their desktop. And um, it really does help. I mean, we, have, we don't realize how um, sensitive we can be to clutter and or what clutter actually is but when you have a ton of icons all over your desktop and you open it up you're actually immediately overwhelmed because there's so much stuff there so there is something to be said about clearing up your desktop or your email account that has you know a thousand emails in it well when you see a desktop full of icons it makes you think i, I don't want to deal with this i, I i'm going to do something else Right. And and that is generally true for clutter anywhere in the house. I mean, people are just overwhelmed. And so they're not willing to take the time. There's so many other fun and more exciting things out there to do with their time than, you know, organize their desktop or even the top of their desk. Uh, I'm also a big fan and proponent of creating folders for your email. To oh, yes. And, and one thing you can do, too, is to create filters so that email from different people will automatically be shuttled into their folder and you don't have to even deal with filing it. Yeah, that's a really, really great feature. And I, I do recommend that to my clients. It depends on how um, technically savvy they are, um, but it is wonderful once it's set up. And again, I was surprised and very pleased to see you giving uh, advice on finances. Yeah, there's a whole chapter actually on how you can organize your finances. Again, small things, 10 minutes at a time. It really will only take 10 minutes to call a credit card company and ask them if they will lower your interest rate. Um, it, there really are ways that you can um, get off the mailing list so that you are not bombarded with those credit card and mortgage offers all the time because they also actually ding you if um, if you respond to those or open too many up. So there's also, you know, ideas about how to uh, clean up your finances and get rid of extra credit cards. Uh, I was also glad to see automatic bill paying and electronic bill paying is an amazing time saver. It really is. I mean, people are like, oh, I'm not so sure. But honestly, it's been around long enough. It's really well tested. It's very well protected. That is not any source of identity theft these days. Um, people really need to be concerned with the paper. Uh, paper is where the identity theft is. But that automatic bill pay will just absolutely save you so much time, energy, stress, and late fees. So it definitely saves you money. And 
one of the things I like was that you have a couple of great appendices in here. Oh yeah. The the how to how long to keep stuff table. What a great idea. Thank you. I do love that. So actually, there are three appendices in the back of the ten minute tidy, and um, what is great about each of them. So. The first appendix is how to get rid of your junk mail forever, and I give you three options, the online, the place to call, or um, a address to write to. And then the appendix B is what you've been talking about, and that's um, what I've called save it or shred it. And that is um, what to keep for a month, a year, seven years. Uh, but the next page is actually really important, page 190, the second page of appendix B, what to keep for how long and what to store in your safe deposit or fireproof box. And I highly recommend that anything that you put in those um, sto long-term storage places that you actually photocopy each of the documents before you store them, and that's really important. And uh, one last piece about the appendices. Uh, Appendix C is my actual um, one that I promote the most because that is how you can hire a professional organizer. And I really want people to know that they're not out there alone in their clutter, that there is help, that there are people all around the country and all around the world that can help them clear their clutter, and that this book is just a vehicle for me to reach millions of people so that the, everyone knows that organizing is possible to develop as a daily habit in just 10 minutes at a time. We've been speaking with Shannon McGinnis. Her new book is The 10-Minute Tidy. Thank you for joining me, Shannon. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.